success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. We have back in our studio, the amazing Alicia Stobie. Alicia was with us at episode eight. So if you did not listen to episode eight yet, I wanna just encourage you to go back and grab that episode real quick and listen to that one first because that's where you'll hear Alicia's entire bio of all the great things that she's done. And when she was with us the last time, she shared with us Uh, what her superpower was in business and what makes her invincible. And they were amazing tips you could use no matter what business you're in. Welcome back, Alicia. Thanks, Cami. It is so fun to have you back. You are (laughs) such a wealth of knowledge. We could not have you for just one episode. So I'm thrilled to have you back. And I'm just going to give our audience just a quick rundown of your bio and some of the amazing things you've done. So Alicia is America's number one mortgage authority. She survived the 2006 mortgage crisis. She has authored the number one Amazon bestseller and Pulitzer Prize nominated book, How to Get Approved for the Best Mortgage Without Sticking a Fork in Your Eye. Alicia has presented twice at Harvard University. She has contributed to 199 facts about credit scores. Also, she's a special subject consultant to the new Oxford American Dictionary. She is a member of Florida Realtors faculty, top lender in Northeast Florida, ranked by volume. She's recognized as a top 50 business influencer by Advantage Magazine. She's earned her A-plus Better Business Bureau ratings and five-star customer service reviews. She's an avid investor with a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, featured in the Wall Street Journal, NPR, U.S. News, and World Report, and on Fox, ABC, NBC, and CBS. She is a regular contributing expert to U.S. News and World Report, Zillow, Realtor.com and realestate.com, as well as American Business Journals. Alicia has also been nominated for the Five Star Professional Award, and she studied with Tony Robbins and Keith Cunningham. Wow, Alicia, you guys, you can see why we brought her back, right? She's got some amazing stories to share, and we are so happy to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So you have done so many things. Just, I mean, like that's a couple of lifetimes, it seems like, right? <laughs> you have done more in, a, in in this time than most people, several people do in a lifetime. So 
I know you've done a lot of things. And so today I want to talk a little bit about what you're most passionate about right now. So right now I'm focusing on mentoring and coaching mortgage loan officers. I'm so passionate about it because I, I, I was one for so many years. That was my main focus. And I just found that for the most part, the mortgage loan officers, they, they want to serve, they want to show up and they want to be the best they can for their clients. And what happens is there's really very little focus. So they're not sure where their next, next loan's going to come from. They're not sure who the next client's going to be. They're chasing this client, that realtor, this realtor. And it, it unfortunately doesn't create a great quality of life for them. They, they set out with the best intentions, but unfortunately what happens is they end up working many, many hours, afraid to not answer that phone, and therefore their time with their family suffers. And without systems, and these systems and, and tips and tools that I have can be used in any industry, but without these systems and tools, they really don't have a focus. And so they end up working way too many hours and waking and making nearly not, not enough money, unfortunately. So I'm super excited about being able to support them and mentor them and help them make more money and be able to have time to, to spend that money with their family that they love. I love it. And isn't that the most important thing is like to do something you love and be able to still have a life outside of that, right? Absolutely. And I think our society so many times you just forget, right? We always focus on, I'm going to get there. When I, I'm going to be happy when I get this or when I achieve this or when I do that. And that's no way to live, you know, because what if hey, you get hit by a truck tomorrow, God forbid, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. Every day is a gift. And if you look at it that way, it, it, you really focus on, well, what am I going to do today that's going to help somebody else, you know, bring me happiness? How can I, how can I help somebody else change, shift, whatever it's going to be and achieve their goals? And that way, I mean, for me, that's what's just super fulfilling is being able to contribute and make a difference in other people's lives. That's amazing. That's amazing. So tell me, um, what do you do in your coaching business to help these mortgage lenders have success? So how, do, how are you helping them grow their businesses? A great question. Thank you. So I feel like, first of all, let's talk about happiness. So I encourage uh, loan officers and anybody in sales, actually, or business to figure out who your ideal avatar is. So you know, that could be, you know, from a client standpoint or a referral partner standpoint, because we really have two different customers, clients that we serve. One is the end user who uses the product and the other one are our referral partners. And on both levels, we want to make sure that we're really working with people we want to work with. Like for me, it's, you know, lighter energy, energy, you know, giver, not energy vampire, right? I mean, these are kind of, for me, they're, it's like, it's important. I want to work with people who are going to inspire me, like I hope to inspire them. And it's so it's a, it's a win-win. It's a, it's, you know, it's a constant circle of, of, of energy. That's just great. And so that can also be, you know, you can get really super pinpointed on your avatar too. So, you know, you could have an ideal avatar that, you know, likes to go to yoga and, you know, it just everybody's different. You, you can have an ideal avatar that has things in common with you or things that don't because you want to challenge yourself and grow during your business every day. There are so many different aspects um, and you can get as detailed. I like it. The more detailed, the better. 
Um, so for me, for example, one of my uh, the keys for my ideal avatar and my coaching clients that I look for is they have to have a sense of humor, right? Because how many of us think banking and we're like, oh my God, that's so boring. <laughs> so I like my clients to have a sense of humor. Um, it's very important that they're willing to invest in themselves. And they, they, they are motivated for their own growth and change. And they're looking for a mentor who's kind of been there, done that, has all the secret hacks and can guide them along the way. So, but they have to be willing to implement. So those are a few of my ideal avatar uh, keys for my ideal avatar. And then, but again, it's like, what's number one to me? I want to have fun every day and it's humor, right? That's my number one. So um, yeah, so, but everybody can make their own ideal avatar. It's, it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. You just to focus on all the different aspects of what you want. I love it. And you know, it's so funny. You said a key thing that really stood out to me is about humor and banking being boring. I find it's so stressful. You know, I've purchased a few homes in my lifetime too. And I feel like they're, you need to have all this information and you have to, you know, fax 26 pages. Like it's, you know, and the rates are changing and you got to get it. Like, I mean, it's just like a mo all these moving parts, right? And it can be very stressful. And I think like you say, like, if you're just such a serious person, it could, you could just really freak out. And I know for me, like, you know, I take that really seriously and I, yeah. And I just think, oh, that would really help if the, you know, if everyone had a sense of humor and we could just kind of laugh things off and not get too serious or stressed out because I feel like it could be very stressful. And I have seen it be that way in the past. Absolutely. So it's interesting you say that because um, that's, I, I really, so two things. So one, you always have to be true to yourself. And I think when I first got into banking, it, it took a lot of humor out of me because I thought you had to be more serious. So honestly, I had the challenge where I, I, I probably wasn't that fun to work with like the first five, six, seven years of my banking, probably more than that. I've been doing it since 2003 as my second career. But um, then the other thing is I, I find that you really – it is a super stressful time in people's lives because I think the top three stressors are buying a house, getting married and get, and getting a new job. Right. So we're right there in the top three. And so when I, you know, really realized that I would actually do a lot better service for my clients by putting myself in their shoes and, and, you know, I was like, Oh, well, I probably could laugh. So that's actually what inspired me to write my, my bestseller, how to get approved for the best mortgage without sticking a fork in your eye. Because right away, you know, I have a sense of humor. Uh, and it is a stressful situation. And that's, I provide lots of information uh, about why people ask why the banking industry asks for those things. Uh, so hopefully it makes it less invasive for them, but also they're educated as to uh, um, this is what I'm going to expect along the process. So they're not completely blindsided. So yeah, I think humor is super important in that situation. I love it. I love it. And I love that you are just always laughing, right? So the whole time we're talking, you're laughing when you talk about humor. And I think that that really makes you who you are too. And it makes you fun and it really shows your character and just uh, how how you are on from the inside. I love that. I love that. So anything else you want to share about networking, avatar? Yeah. So keep going. This is so great. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, once you figure out your ideal avatar, there's um, another piece you can use for your networking. So 
Um, it's been around since I think 1940s. It's called your uh, USP, unique sales proposition, unique selling proposition. And when this came out in the 1940s, it was a game changer for advertisers. It's so funny. And it's solid enough that we still use it today. Most people now call it your elevator pitch. So you need to figure out what your elevator pitch is, customize it, not for what you want to say. You want to customize it to how you're going to solve the pain points for your ideal avatar. So if that's a realtor that needs help with sales, they need a solid referral partner that knows they're going to close, that the mortgage loan officer is going to close their loan. Or, you know, whatever you're selling, what are the pain points you're, you're trying to solve for your client? So once you put those together with your ideal avatar, now you've got an awesome combination. So you're going to go to those networking events, whether they're in person, online, or virtual, because we have so many opportunities these days. It's amazing. I mean, really, what's available to us now is just phenomenal. So you can get in your car and drive to that, or you can you know, have the whole thing online. So in a community or whichever suits you best. So what I find is also if you're going to go to a live event, you need to bring a wingman. So and you got to take care of your wingman. So just like, you know, your unique sales position, you want to teach that. Right. And here you are right away giving something of value to somebody who's going to support you and you're going to support them. So you want to teach them what that concept is if they're unaware of it. And then you want to find out who they want to meet. And then everything's pretty easy right now. If it's a networking event, and usually that's a live uh, event, then you can go online to Eventbrite or wherever you got invited. And you can look at that guest list and you know who's going to go or who at least said they were maybe going, right? So you, you can see, is my ideal avatar here? I'm going to go invest my time or maybe I'm going to go to next week's one, right? This is important. We get to choose how we spend our time when we think about it wisely. And it really just takes a little bit of planning. That's all. So you and your wingman, you're going to look at your wingman's ideal avatars. Also, you can teach that to your wingman. So again, you're showing up and giving value. And you you come from sincerity. So they know you want to help them build their business as well. And so you practice each other's USPs, can be quick. You think, okay, who, who do they want to meet? And then you go meet those people and they meet you. And then they introduce you. Hey, have you met Alicia? Hey, have you met Cammy? Cammy's amazing because she has so much history of sales and being successful and helping women grow their businesses and helping women launch their businesses. I mean, that's who you want your wingman to show up as, right? So it's really not that hard. It just takes a little bit of practice and, you know, go have some dinner ahead of time so you guys are on the same page. That is so great. I love it. And I love that you refer them as your to them as your wingman. That's so awesome. Yeah. What what <laughs> do you mean? Be a wing woman. Be a wing woman. You're either way. Woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Anything else that you'd like to share um about networking or and if these th any of these things that you find are really helpful to your coaching clients that you think might be helpful to our listeners? Sure. I think um, if you're even considering coaching, that you really need to be honest with yourself in terms of where you are so you can get to where you want to go. And I think that's true with any business, any business plan, anybody who's uh, considering hiring a coach, because if you don't know where you are, like one is just one thing not to know. 
But then it's a whole nother thing to be in denial, right? Because we've all been there so many times, right? It just it just happens. You're like, oh, I'm, you know, I didn't really spend four hours on Facebook today. It was an hour, right? But, but once you really realize that, you're like, holy cow. So then the mentor, whoever is going to, you know, coach you will right away. Okay, so you need some time blocking skills. You know, there's a free app you can put on your phone to monitor your social media. Like there's all tons of tips. So. I think, um, you know, when it comes to business, um, part of it is back to basics, which I teach. And then the other part of it is there's so many fun, amazing, innovative things out there that can help you move the needle exponentially. So it's kind of just like two layers, right? The basics, which are going to be networking, right? And I mentioned USP. It's been around since the 1940s. Like, this is not a new concept, but how many people really practice it? So just, yeah. And then I just, I love people. So if I, if I have the choice between, you know, social networking, networking or real networking, if my idea, because obviously I I like to hang out and have a good time too and spend, you know, time with my family and friends. But if I'm going to go to that event, I'm going to have wingman, wingwoman, wing superwoman, and we're going to go have a great time. That is so fun. You make it so fun. And I think, yeah, for a lot of people in this industry that like networking is their one thing, you know, maybe they're introverted. That might be something real quick we could touch on, you know, because there are many people that are more, have more introvert personality and maybe this doesn't come easy to them. Maybe it really is difficult. What kind of tips could you give real quick about that? Like, what could they do that maybe doesn't feel so awkward, could still be effective, and they could still network and build some relationships? That's a great question. So um, I always go back to when you're nervous and you're meeting a lot of people or speaking in front of a group, that silly thing, picture them in their underwear. <laughs> so I heard that, you know, at least a decade ago. And it works, right? Because right away, you're just like, I mean, I'm just cracking up now. I'm probably flushed, turning red from laughing. But I just feel like that's such a simple thing. And um, again, this is even, it makes it having a wingman or a wing woman even more important. Because now you have like your little buddy, right? So, and your wingman, just to go back to your wingman or wing woman, should be either a client of yours or a referral partner is in a compl- uh, in a who a referral partner who is in a complementary business to yours, right? So that can be anything. For the mortgage person, it's going to be realtor, right? They're like peas and carrots. So, but that applies to everybody's going to know who, who's your ideal referral partner in your business, right? So that's why I mean, yeah, before you can definitely bring a buddy of yours who's in a not non you know unrelated profession, but. To have the best one that's your compliment is so perfect because they can actually then tell real stories about you. And as an introvert, that makes it much easier for you to tell real stories about them and why they're amazing and why this person should want to meet them. And then again, it's just like also having somebody hold your hand. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm super outgoing now, but also I wasn't always this way. I wasn't always that comfortable with myself. I was um, definitely the shy little kid. So I remember what that's like and it's painful. But if you can see that person that you trust on the other side of the room and they see you and they give you that nod or that wink or whatever, like, Hey buddy, I got you. Then, you know, you just go and have a good time and it relieves a lot of the pressure. Um, And also for introverts, if they have a plan, it's helpful, right? Because if they just look at, Oh my gosh, 
oh, there's 50 people here. But if they look at, I need to meet these three people, then there 47 other people kind of fade away. Don't worry about them. Just go meet that one person, one-on-one, meet that second person and your wingman's person or, or however you guys set it up. And then again, it takes a lot of stress out of it. I love it. Oh my gosh. And this is the, that's the best advice too. And to have, make sure your wingman is an extrovert, right? (laughs) That's helpful. That's helpful. (laughs) That's all I could think of was forget about what, you know, if you're an introvert, just get a lineup of extroverted wingmen and bring them on. Oh my gosh. Listen, this has been (laughs) so much fun. And I, I'm just, I know our listeners have gotten so much out of this conversation and I thank you so much. And before we go, I promise our listeners that on the She's Invincible podcast that we are going to share because women look at other women that are successful and they never see their struggle. They Mm. see them on top of the mountain celebrating their success in that poise, confident, right? The, The confidence that exudes from them. They didn't start out like that. We know that. We know that the most successful people have been in the trenches, that they have the muddiest shoes and the bloodiest knees. And, but when we look at successful women, we don't see that. And so on our podcast, we want to give women hope. We want them to know that no matter where they are, that these successful women have been there too. And so we want to share a story today about the good. So we're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly, but let's start with the good. And um, can you think of a story that you could share with our listeners to encourage them today? Sure. So, um, yeah, so the good, I I could definitely talk about um, the book, which is great. Uh, However, let's talk about Harvard because that was actually way more intimidating. Um, I didn't go to an Ivy League college. I went to a state college. So, uh, you know, to even be invited to speak at Harvard once, let alone invited back a second time, was mind-blowing and super intimidating. I mean, you know, here I am thinking, I don't, I don't have an Ivy League degree. I, you know, are these, who's going to come? Who's going to come listen to me, first of all, right? And then second of all, are, what, what benefit are they going to get? What am I going to tell them that they don't already know? And I think that the huge lesson there is, first of all, there are secrets and gifts that each of us have that no one else has. And whether it's just a rough, you know, around the edges and needs some polishing, or you're just born with whatever it is, you know, it, it could be anything. I mean, <laughs> women are amazing. They're, you know, whether it's being the most spectacular mother uh, and being a businesswoman, or, you know, just how you you run your day or how you show up for your family or, I mean, there's so many gifts that each of us have. You just really need to focus on those. But I think the challenge, the most challenging part was definitely overcoming that. And uh, I only recently kind of realized the impact that I was able to have with that. And I think so many times as individuals, we don't see the ripple effect of what we do when we just show up and give, I mean, absolutely. I was nervous and the rest of that. And I was actually recently talking to a friend of mine and, and I saw that 
my speaking at Harvard from a completely different perspective. He, he he's so sweet. Um, he always compliments me and he, he calls me his guardian angel when he sees me. And I said, tell me, tell me why. And he told me about when he came to hear me speak at Harvard. And my perspective was he showed up for me. He showed up for me. But his perspective was he got to bring his little brother and uh, his little brother's girlfriend. And then from his perspective, he was, oh, I could speak at Harvard too someday. So when he told me I affected other generations, it totally blew me away, made me cry um, in the best way possible. But I think, you know, we have that opportunity to, to, to give what we're trying to do for ourselves. But if you show up in a serving mentality, then the ripple effect is, it goes on. It's it just, you can't even, it's a, it can't even imagine. It's, it's such a beautiful gift. I love that. And the impact, that's, I, that's what really jumped out at me is, you know, that's the thing, right? And when you're in your happy place, it's when you're making a difference in the world. And so, you know, and I find too, and maybe you, you do as well, that when we're nervous and, you know, going, stepping into that greatness that we're called to, that um, if we take the focus off ourselves and put the focus on others, right, it changes everything. And then, yeah, and it takes some of the scariness out of them, because instead of feeling like, well, what if I say the wrong thing, or I sound dumb, it's more like, oh my gosh, I'm here to serve them. And now it takes the pressure off of you. And here you are contributing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love Perfect. it. Oh my gosh. So I know that had to feel so good, but it sounds to me like you're even celebrating that today, just based on what you found out after that. So well, yeah, it's great because I spoke a few years ago and then I just happened to ask my friend, I just ran into him a few months ago and that's what he told me. And all these years, whatever, not that long years, but a couple of years, I mean, I never knew that. And that's where it goes back to get out of your own head and stop focusing on yourself and ask others. And it just, it, it's been, it's been, I mean, that's the thing about life, right? We can have a, a huge shift today or it could be tomorrow. And guess what? There's another tomorrow if we're fortunate and you can keep having those growth, it, it, that growth. It's just, I think it's phenomenal. So I love it. I love it. Okay. That was so fun, but now we have to talk a little bit about the bad. So do you have a bad story? <laughs> so yes yeah, so it's gonna kind of sound ironic but um so i went to my second tony robbins event and the event is called date, date with destiny and you basically tony walks you through six days and nights uh 12 14 hours a day it's intense um mind mind changing but uh about your blueprint you try you kind of figure out what you know what, what you think you're, you're supposed to be doing and how you, you know, match up to that. And then he helps you create a new one. Tony's amazing. So I was sitting there at this event that I'd spent all this money on, uh, more money than I ever spent in my entire life on myself and coaching and uh, investing in myself for growth and change. And I'm sitting there and I realized, okay, I'm, I'm financially secure, which is awesome. But I realized I was completely miserable, completely. I wasn't happy when I woke up. I, I, you know, I just, I focused on the things that didn't make me happy instead of all the other things that I had in my life that made me happy at the time. 
And I realized I, I was not enjoying my mortgage business, which is one of the things I'm so passionate about helping people change now to make it to where they love it. So, I mean, that was just, I mean, I felt totally deflated. And it was interesting because there was another, in the same group I was in, there was another mortgage person there. He, he went home and quit his job. <laughs> I mean, he was, he had the same epiphany, um, which was, I mean, we both were just, we couldn't believe it. So to realize that I'd worked in a career for so long and, you know, had the financial success, it just to actually figure out no no you you actually don't enjoy your life at all and you don't appreciate anything and you're miserable i mean that was horrible so it's a little worse than bad um so that that that's actually one of the things that inspired me to learn as much as i could to change the business so that other people don't have that that issue ever again i, I mean if i can do anything to help them get out of that pain i do it because it's not fun and i think so many of us have that in any business you know, we just get up, we go to work, we do what we're supposed to do. And we think we're, you know, it's just about the paycheck. And it's not. Your happiness is so much more important. I think you make more money when you're happy, right? Yes. So, yeah, I do. I think we attract more more money, more abundance when we're happy. So I, I, they do go hand in hand. That's that's great. So that's a great story. And And so that really was a pivoting point for you. You went home, you made some different decisions. And stepped into your happiness and mm -hmm. you've been living happy since, right? Yes, I definitely wasn't giggling like this for sure back then. <laughs> so well, I like this version of you much better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, so okay, so we did the good, we did the bad. Let's go for ugly. Do you want to share an ugly with us? So, yeah, so <laughs> well, not really, but um, <laughs> since you asked and hopefully people will get benefit. Right. Right. Um, so I had worked really hard to build a financial and real estate portfolio. And then with the, the real estate crash of 2006, uh, unfortunately I lost everything and I actually lost more. So I, I, I'd managed to, to make, um, and have over a million, you know, million dollar net worth. And then unfortunately, some of it was leveraged. So at the crash, I lost over a million dollars. So I actually lost more um, than I had, which I know a lot of people had that happen. And, you know, at, at that time, I'm, I'm sure you remember, people were jumping out of windows because they didn't, they didn't know how they were going to go on. And, you know, it, I just, it, it, was, it was so horrible. I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It was hard. I went from making half a million dollars a year to 40,000 the next year. And I was super happy to make that 40 instead of a big goose egg in the mortgage industry. Cause here I was still in real estate. And it's just, I mean, it, it was so painful. So I just focused every day on what was, you know, what moving the needle forward and at that point, I, I still probably wasn't even that happy, right? <laughs> this is before, before the, the, uh, the bad. So, but I knew that I wanted to be successful again. Um, and now I have a whole, today I have a whole different definition of success. Uh, but at that time, that's what I knew. You know, I knew that I had lost this money and I lost these, um, you know, this real estate. 
And so I just focused on what can I do every day to move the needle forward just a little bit closer so that I can get back there again and do it and, and be successful. And, and I think probably the biggest part of that also is, you know, it's not a bad thing to eat a big slice of humble pie. Um, it tastes awful, but the end result is you clean a lot of things out, right? And then, you know, just learning from your mistakes. I mean, we all make mistakes. You know, you have kids, if you're, if you're a kid, the first time they fell down when they were trying to crawl or walk, you know, if they, if they gave up the first time they fell down, none of us would be walking around today. And people look at their, the older we get, I think the mistake we make is we look at our failures like they define us. And what really defines us is how we act in those moments that we perceive as failure. And when you have the opportunity to move the needle forward and do something else and move forward and keep going, you just, you just have to keep going because again, it's, it's not all about me, right? It's about the other people that I care about. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. My you, pleasure. Can you think back to that time? Not that we want to go back there and relive it, but can you think back to that time and maybe share with our listeners a few things that you did on the regular that helped you to really be able to climb out of that ditch? Yeah, it was hard. I, I think just every day waking up and focusing on, you know, because I would wake up and I'd feel awful. I'd feel like, oh my God, I don't have any money. I owe all this money. What am I going to do? Right. I mean, but then I had to, if I focus on that all day, I would never have gotten out of bed. But I chose to focus on instead, because that definitely ran through my head every morning during that time. You know, it's that little monkey in the back of your head that just is like chattering. So I, I, you know, I wake up and I'd feel like that. And then I would focus on where am I going? What am I going to do? What am I going to accomplish today, this week, this month? And then if I just focused on those three things, so either I was going to go out and get X number of new clients or, you know, I was going to work on this piece and then that would be put together for whatever I wanted to achieve that month. Just for a lot of us, it's, it's you know, you really can't hold in your head um, more than three things at a time. So I would just do today, this week, this month. And then that just would make it easy for me. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of other people out there way smarter than me. And then maybe they can hold five things or six things or, but I find for me, just, I have to keep it simple and that allows me to focus as well. So just what I wanted to do today, this week, this month. And then, I mean, you just got to get up and do it, you know? Yes. Yes. And, you know, and here you are today sharing your experiences to help other people not go through that. Right. So you're you're educating other mortgage lenders, you're speaking, you're sharing your story, you're you know, you're teaching them what not to do to end up. And I know you've changed some things, too, about how you're building your wealth and and the changes that you've made. And I think that that's amazing. And I my theory is always if someone else can learn by my mess then it's worth it. It's worth having gone through it if I could use it to encourage and help other people. Well, 
everyone. You've been listening to Alicia Stoby. And Alicia, we're so, so grateful to have you with us today. And I just want to say to our listeners, I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you are in the world. And I have no idea where you are in your life and your business. But if you are face down on the ground right now, girl, get back up. Get back up. You have one more fight left in you. You can do it. Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.